So we're going to look at three things specifically of what Jesus is doing right now um, and what that and what that means for you and me today as citizens of this, I guess, citizens of heaven, those of us that have placed our faith in Jesus, but living down here on earth. So uh, the first thing we're going to be looking at is Jesus is in heaven reigning as a king. So we're going to look at him as a reigning king in heaven. Second thing we're going to look at is through the Holy Spirit or through the, through the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is helping his saints build the church right now. He's, he has sent us the Spirit and he is helping us through heaven or up in heaven. He's helping us build the church and do what we're called to do. And then third, or lastly, we're going to be just looking at Jesus as the intercessor. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding with us, or for us. Um, so, let's jump right in. Um, looking at Jesus as the reigning king. So, uh, oh, whereas in the fast, past few weeks, we've spoken about Jesus' descent down. He is he is, was uh, up in heaven. He descended down to earth. He was born. He lived. He suffered. He died. Last week, Nikolai spoke about his dissension down to the underworld and his proclamation of his victory to those in chains in, uh, down in this, this underworld. And I don't know. Nikolai did a great job, P.S. I, that was, very, it was so enlightening. But, um, but now... We're, we're looking at Jesus rose. He lived 40, uh, 40, 40 days on earth, and then he ascended into heaven. So after 40 days, after his death, he ascended into heaven. And the, the Bible tells us uh, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. We read that in Hebrews. So we say uh, Jesus, the passage we read this morning, um, after he had offered one sacrifice for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God. This idea of Jesus being seated at the right hand of God, it's interesting. This is, this is, a, this is like language of honor and favor and actually almost like shared authority. Um, you can imagine a military leader coming in, say a military general, returning home from battle, and he has been fighting for a season, and he's conquered his enemy, and he rides into a big city. You can just imagine um, the celebration that is going on um, as, as the citizens celebrate their freedom from whatever oppressor there is. And this, this general rides up to the king. He approaches the throne, and he sits down at the right hand of this king. This is a this is a position of extreme honor and extreme power. Like I said, it is a shared, shared um, authority coming from the throne. In Philippians, we read, uh, after, after speaking of Jesus' suffering, we read, Therefore God has exalted him, as Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is in heaven, and he is reigning and I, and then I love how the author of Hebrews, that passage we read earlier, it, the, the, the note of finality. Jesus sits down and it says, waiting for the time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. 
there is a there's a distinct air of finality there is no more work to be done this is the coronation of jesus he is the sovereign king and this is essentially the inauguration of jesus kingly rule you can imagine the massive war against sin and a death is over and that is not to say that you know we don't fight against sin in our daily lives absolutely there are still battles to be be fought down here on earth but the the decisive blow is over i i heard one um i'm not going to be great at quoting the years but i i heard one uh, commentator talking about just world war ii the decisive battle of breaking nazis was at a certain date and that's where i cannot recall but battles smaller battles and fights continued on for years after the battle or the war itself was over but there were still real battles and and that's kind of the era we are living in right now we know we are the victors this 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 should bring somewhat of a significant um, encouragement to those of us who our believers and have placed our faith in Jesus. On the cross, we know that in John, I believe, 19, Jesus said, it is finished. The battle is done. And then in the author of Hebrews, we know he, he contrasts Jesus as our high priest in heaven versus the, the high priests of the Old Testament. They were constantly, every day, offering sacrifices for the people. Whereas contrast, again, Jesus, he may offer us one sacrifice and he sits down. With Jesus on the throne, he, or him who is in bondage, has been conquered. That is the devil. He's been conquered. We are free. And we will remain free forever. Let us, as believers, embrace this. I find that too often, you guys ever meet those, those Christians? And I think we've all been there. But like, like you talk to them and they're, it's like, how, how's life? It's like, oh, just, you know, just getting through. Just getting through. And obviously we all go through seasons that are hard. And I do not want to even slightly trivialize that. I mean, I've gone through many a hard season in my life. That said, if our life is just a story of a horrible season, we are not experiencing the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. I remember um, several years back, it was probably six years back, I was at Flying Goat in Santa Rosa. I know, pretty sad the goat's gone, but um, I mean, some of us are sad. Jordan and Max probably aren't sad, but... The rest of us enjoyed a good, good cup of coffee at Flying Co. And I was standing in line, and there was this, uh, there was this gentleman, um, probably, probably some, it looked like a transient gentleman, and he was standing about uh, three feet back from the counter, but like right, right in the line. And there was, you know, there's no one else in line, and he's, he's looking up at the, at the like, sign. And I like came in, I was like, hey, man, you going to order? He's like, no, I'm just looking. And... Um, and I was like, you know, ordered my coffee. And I was like, you want something? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get you something. Because he was just, you know, just standing there in line. And um, so he's like, oh, yeah. So 
ordered a cup of coffee. We went outside and just were uh, talking. And um, <laughs> start, anyways, he was asking me all sorts of questions. And ended up, he was like, what's going on? And like, we're talking about the Lord. And I was like, I was going through a season of struggle. I was, I was actually uh, wrestling with doubting my salvation. And I was uh, just like pouring my heart out to this guy that <laughs> just met. Um, and, uh, and it was so funny because he like looked at me and, and like, not, like after we were talking, and, but one thing that stuck out, he looked at me and he said, man, look up. You are the son of a king. And that is stuck with me, obviously, six years later. It's like, I'm a son of the king. You, church, are sons and daughters of the king. That should make a significant impact on our lives. It should make a massive impact on how we like our disposition as we go about our day. Too often we're distracted with other things and we're not thinking about us as sons and daughters of the king. It's like Nikolai pointed out last week, it's like, you know, his somewhat silly example of you get a headache, you pop a pill, rather than like you don't even think to like consult the God of the universe. We, our dad's up in heaven, has infinite power, and yet we're like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the pill, I don't need you. Like, I'll call you in when I got something tough. Church, let's not be like that. Let's, let's lean into our good father who delights to give good gifts for his children. He delights to provide for us. I, I just one more point on this. I, I would be, uh, it'd be incomplete to not talk about those who maybe are not walking with the Lord or maybe are just, I, I don't know, it, not, not walking closely with the Lord. And at this point, I just want to point out the other side of this. Is Jesus your king? I, I, I just want everyone, every one of us should ask. I mean, Jesus, the Bible tells us he is at the right hand of the Father and he's ruling and reigning in heaven. Is he your king? Is he your Lord? The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Is Jesus the king of your life or is he maybe just like Sunday special, come to church, yep, pray, or maybe like, like we were saying, you know, when something's really tough, we'll call in Jesus, but on a day-to-day, -day, he's not my Lord. He's not really like someone who I am ordering my life around. Jesus, again, we've said he is king and he will be returning. We're going to cover that next week um, about Jesus' return. That's, that's the next section of the creed, if you will. So moving on, um, point number two. So again, by the means, what is Jesus doing now? He is helping his church build or helping his saints build the church through the means of the Holy Spirit. So turn with me uh, in your Bibles to John 16, please. So John 16, verse 7. All right, so we're going to be reading John 16, 
verse 7 to 15. So this is Christ, Jesus, speaking with his disciples, and he's teaching them, and it, it is approaching the day, or the, I guess the, the phase in his life where he will um, head for the cross, essentially. So Jesus says in verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but, I cannot, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will not declare to you, or he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And what the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So right here we see Jesus promising that he will send the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit is going to help the church help the saints, help the disciples. He says, I cannot remain here forever, and it's actually to your better if I go, because then I can send the Holy Spirit who will indwell you. And, and the Holy Spirit will give all that is the Father's and communicate all from Jesus as well. Real quickly, turn over to uh, Matthew 28. So this is right before Jesus' ascension. I know this as the Great Commission. Um, if you turn to Matthew 28, verse 18. So Matthew 28, verse 18. So again, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples right before he ascends into heaven, right in before he is taken up into the clouds. And Jesus came to them or came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i've commanded you and behold i am with you always to the end of the age so again we have Jesus calling on the disciples. He says, make disciples, make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples, and I'm with you. Jesus promised, he's like, he asks of us, asks of his 12 disciples and asks of the church today, make disciples, but I will be with you. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So how do we know that Jesus is sitting on the throne? Well, it's proven by the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, when I go to heaven, I will send the Spirit. So we know in Acts 2, when, when the Holy Spirit came down to the disciples, came down to the early church, 
we see there just the confirmation and the absolute, uh, you know, I guess the, I don't know if the consummation is the right word, but it is, we have the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus is now sitting enthroned in glory, having all power. So again, what, what does this mean for us? We talked about Jesus as a king. What, what does this mean for us? Well, we as followers of the king should be about his business. Just like the disciples, we should be proclaiming the king's return. The king is coming back. We don't know when that will be, but we should be telling those that do not know. We should be making disciples. In summary, we should be ordering our lives around Jesus and his return, what he's done for us. Too often, we, speaking from my own experience, we, Jesus is just one on a menu of things that I'm doing in my life. He must be the center. We are the church. If we do not build the church, if we do not make disciples, how will people hear? The Lord says how good it, how good it is, the, how good the sound is of the feet that bring good news. Let us be the, the, the ones who bring the good news to those around us, to those who are perishing. Let us be about our Father's business. We're not going at this alone again. We have a helper. So in final, uh, final point here, um, Jesus is interceding for his saints. So if you can, uh, turn with me to Romans 8. So Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I'm going to stop there. We know he goes on to list all, all number of things. So Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Why is he doing that? It's almost like a backup option <laughs> or like almost like just like a reassuring option for us as believers because let's be absolutely clear Jesus sacrifice death on the cross was absolutely sufficient however Jesus continues on in heaven making intercession to us or for us to the father Hebrews says he is the great high priest who always lives to make intercession for us, the saints. Think on this, it's almost as if Jesus came to earth approximately 2,000 years ago, 
lived, died, rose again. But we continue on in sin. And yes, all our sin is paid for. But it's like Jesus has been sitting up at the right hand of the Father. And uh, we just keep on sinning. And we keep on messing up. Jesus is a constant reminder to the Father of our standing. Who will bring any charge against God's elect? No one. Jesus is the judge. He stands and he reminds the Father continually, forever, of our standing. Jesus is on the throne. So that seat of God which previously held wrath towards our sin. So previously, God's throne, it was judgment. It was a source of fear for all the world. But Jesus, the merciful, now is sitting on that throne. He is there, not the wrath of God. The wrath of God has been satisfied. I love how John John Calvin is quoted as saying, Jesus Christ now fills with grace and kindness the throne that for miserable sinners would otherwise have been filled with dread. I'm just going to read that one more time because I think it's really good. So every one of you believers who feels the weight of your sin every day and is discouraged by that, feel this. Jesus Christ now fills with grace and kindness the throne of God that for miserable sinners would otherwise have been filled with dread. We can do nothing that will disqualify us from spending eternity with God. Jesus made one sacrifice, and then he sat down. There was no more work to be done. Church, may we take heart in that. For those of you who have placed your faith in Jesus, take heart in that. So in closing, sorry if I'm uh, looking up too many passages, but uh, in closing, let's turn to Ephesians 2. And we'll be looking at verse 4 to 7. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages, sorry, in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So you catch that? We went from dead in our trespasses and sins, and now we are raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. This is the case. We know in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Paul tells us that Jesus is essentially the first fruits of what we will be. Jesus is the forerunner. He is in heaven in a human bodily form. That's kind of insane. Obviously, it's a resurrected body, but Jesus, 
After he rose from the dead, he walked around the earth for 40 years and he was in a human body. Obviously, it had different capabilities, but he was recognizable to all his followers. And then he rose. He's still in that state in heaven. And that is the state that we will raise to. And just like Jesus is our representative or our high priest in heaven, now we are back seated in the heavenly realm with him. This is one of those already and not yet. It is done. It is confirmed. We will be in heaven with the Father. We will be resurrected. But we are still on earth. And so this is coming. As good as well, or as more or less as good as done. However, we are still looking forward to that day when we fully realize that, when we receive our resurrected bodies. But again, we are back at the seat, or back, we back have a seat at the table with the Godhead. Looking back to Genesis, you can remember God created Adam and Eve, and he, and he bestowed on them honor. He made them in his image, and he gave them a job to rule, to, uh, um, to reign, to make dominion over the world. And we failed. We dropped the ball entirely. God could have rolled it up and threw in the towel and started over, but he sent his son to die, redeemed us, and is inviting us through Christ back to the table. So we are back at the table of God. And yes, we are not divine. I'm not even slightly saying that. We have a, a role to play. We, we are called to participate with God in ruling and reigning. I'll invite the worship team to come back up. And, um, and as we just close, I just want to just encourage you again. So Jesus is in heaven. He is reigning. As king, we, we have a helper who's helping us build the church. And he will forever be interceding for us. In closing, church, I just want to say just real practically because I experienced this this week, as you think on these points, it's easy to like reflect on them in church, wholeheartedly affirm their truth, and yet struggle greatly to apply the reality of them in your life. It is, okay, Jesus is my king, but then quickly you can go to work or you know, uh, having a good time with your kids, and you can forget that and lose your cool or fret, fret, fret and forget that you have a king, a representative interceding for you in heaven. And so it is imperative and I encourage you because these are truths. They are real, but we must like make them a part of our lives. We must like take these things in prayer to God constantly. We must be reading his word, reminding ourselves, preaching to ourselves daily of these truths. Otherwise, they will be lost. There's too many distractions in the world 
And I, again, I'm speaking from like, I lived it this week. I'm like, Monday, I'm studying, believing, getting all fired up about Jesus uh, as the reigning king, and I have an advocate in heaven, and then midweek, I'm stressed out, and I'm like, you know, loving all my kids, maybe, and, uh, you know, just uh, losing my cool with my kids. It's like, we must, like, drink, eat this, and just, like, constantly remind ourselves, preach to ourselves. So that is my just prayer for, for everyone here, all the believers, that's what I want for you. The ascension is our breakthrough back to the seat with God. And we have this opportunity. Let's not neglect it. Let's not ignore it or treat it trivially. So, thank you.